We hear the announcement of, of good news all the time, don't we? A baby born, maybe the engagement of friends, the rescue of someone held captive or maybe trapped under debris, and we're happy for a moment, but then we move on, right? We're unchanged by that announcement because it's not personal. If we're honest, it, just, it doesn't have a, a day-to-day impact on our lives. It's, it's out there somewhere for someone else. The Christmas story involves an announcement spoken in a particular time to a particular people, but it's meant for us. This announcement is meant for us. It's the announcement that changes everything. And this announcement is spoken into the middle of the ordinary, into the middle of everyday life to a young girl planning her wedding. It's spoken into the middle of heartache and pain to a man who found his wife-to-be is pregnant. It's spoken into the middle of the night to a group considered to be outcasts of society. This divine announcement came, and and here's what it said. Don't be afraid. You, You can put your fears to rest now. God's promises have come true at last. That's the story of Christmas. That's the announcement that changes everything, and that's what we're going to explore here for the next few minutes. In Luke chapter 1, We see in verse 26 the announcement that broke into just the middle of everyday life, into the ordinary. Verse 26, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came, yes, amen to that. That baby's just amening me. And I'm good with that. (laughs) Let's keep going. And he came and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How? How will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, The the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. This announcement came in the middle of everyday life, spoken into the ordinary. It was in the middle of ordinary routine and plans for a wedding that this most unusual event happened. This divine messenger brought an announcement to an unassuming teenage girl that changed the course of history. She's a virgin. She's engaged. Marriage was a two-step process beginning with engagement, which engagement in that day was legally binding. And it was done within the presence of witnesses. And so she is engaged officially to a man named Joseph of the house of David, King David. If you you know the story of the Bible, and even if you don't, the the importance of this, we we can't um, not say something about this because King David is the one that the Lord promised would always have an heir on the throne. The one through whom this promised Messiah, the rescuer, would come. So she's engaged to this one of the house of David, and she's visited by this angelic being, this this divine messenger, and he says, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. 
I don't know about you, but I am easily startled. My, my family knows this, okay, and they mess with me. Um, don't you hate it when guests, special guests, are, I mean, you're glad to see family, but if they try to surprise you, like, hey! That, I don't know exactly how, exactly how Mary, Mary responded at the appearing of this uh, divine messenger, but she, it says she was greatly troubled. She was disturbed. She was alarmed. She was shocked. She was freaked out. Freaked out by this angel and his presence, but for sure troubled by what he said, his message. She doesn't know what to do with it. Favored one? Me? Oh, you got the wrong girl. You got the wrong girl. Favored one, highly favored. It means given special honor, gifted in a special way. And in other words, I imagine the, the, uh, the angel saying this, Mary, don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. I know this is hard to grasp. I know you can think of a thousand reasons why I'm talking to the wrong girl, but you can put your fears to rest, Mary. Why can she put her fears to rest? Why can Mary put her fears to rest? Because God's promises have come true at last. Now, verses 31 through 33 are just loaded with promises. Promises that have been promised by God and now are being fulfilled in Jesus. You will give birth. You will, you will name this, this son that you give birth to Jesus, which means Yahweh or the Lord saves. God saves. You're going to give birth to the promised king who will usher in and establish this promised kingdom of peace that the prophets have been shouting for centuries. And she says, how? I know how things work. I'm a virgin. How? Well, this is going to be a supernatural thing. And then the angel later says, hey, you know your older relative who was barren, Elizabeth? Well, she's pregnant now. Nothing is impossible for God or with God. Now, Elizabeth is her relative who, who was barren, and the Lord blessed with a child, and his name would be John the baptizer. And he was the one who was the forerunner who would go before the Lord and prepare the way for the Lord, the coming Messiah, Jesus. Verse 37, what God promised Abraham and Israel is finally taking place. This is what's going on here. That's the promise here. In verse 37, it says, for nothing will be impossible with God. Everything that was promised to Israel, to Abraham, is finally taking place. Mary, you can put your fears to rest. God is keeping his promises. Okay, verse 38, she responds. And she responds this way. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So she's saying this, okay, I'm the Lord's. I believe you, I want this. Mary responded with humble obedience and beautiful faith. Nothing would be the same for Mary. Not after receiving this favor, not after receiving this grace, it was an announcement that came into the middle of the ordinary and it changed everything about her. Second, we see this announcement is spoken into the middle of heartache and pain. In Matthew, now we get Joseph's experience. In Matthew chapter 1, it reads this way, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. 
But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Here is the announcement coming again, but this time into the middle of heartache and pain. Imagine how painful and confusing this was for Joseph. The only natural conclusion is that Mary was unfaithful to Joseph and had committed adultery. It's the only natural conclusion. I mean, they're engaged, but they haven't been together yet. And so he faces this cultural dilemma and a personal dilemma. If Joseph marries her, goes through with that second step of marriage, then he approves her sin of adultery. And so he had two choices. First, he could uh, make it known publicly where she would be called... the center of ridicule and disgrace. Or she could divorce her quietly among two or three witnesses. And that's what he had resolved to do. And scripture says he was a just man. Now before Joseph could actually go through with this divorce, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And he says this, Joseph, son of David. Oh, there it is again. As if he's saying to Joseph, remember your heritage, remember the promises of old. He says, do not fear. It's as if the angel is saying, listen, don't be afraid. He does say this. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Don't be afraid to go against the cultural norms of your day. Don't be afraid to be ridiculed and misunderstood. Don't be afraid of what others will think or what what they'll say or what they'll do. I, I know taking her as your wife won't make sense to anyone else. I know associating with her will cost you. Take her as your wife. Protect her. Care for her. Provide for her. Love her. Put your fears to rest. Do not be afraid, Joseph. Why can Joseph put his fears to rest? Because God's promises have come true at last. Verse 21, she will give birth to a son and you will give him the name Jesus. Hey, Joseph, you have a part to play in this. You will name your new son. You will name him and he will save his people from their sins. Matthew goes on to tell us, the reader, you and I, that this, this is it. This is about fulfillment. He holds up high the prophet Isaiah. He's quoting Isaiah 7, verse 14. This is from the dark days of Israel's past, 700 years prior to this moment, promises were made by God that a descendant of David would sit on the throne forever through whom a mighty deliverer would come. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 9, this deliverer, this Messiah, is described this way. In verse 6 of Isaiah 9, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end, and on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. When Joseph woke up from his dream, he determined never to eat Thai food again before going to sleep. 
That's what he determined. He woke up with a new resolve. That's what he did. He woke up with a new resolve. He immediately changed his plans. He would not go through with the divorce. Instead, his heartache and his pain is replaced with faith and courage. Now, there are tons of questions just just screaming through Joseph's mind and heart, I'm sure, but his response is humble obedience and beautiful faith, just like Mary's was when she received that message from that divine being. Humble obedience, beautiful faith. Now, it meant that he would put himself in the line of fire, that Joseph would open himself up to disgrace and ridicule, that everyone would assume that he impregnated Mary before they were married. But it also meant that he would be the adoptive, the adoptive father of a son, the heir to the throne of David, the fulfillment of promises made by God. It changes life forever. And finally, we see this announcement is spoken into the middle of the night In Luke chapter 2, we fast forward several months. Verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds. Here they are in the town of Bethlehem. They're out in the field. They're keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. You would have been too. I would have been. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And this announcement of peace is one of, the Hebrew is shalom. It's this restoring of what was broken. This announcement of restoration and wholeness. Reconciliation with God himself. This divine messenger appears to shepherds in the town of Bethlehem. These are outcasts. When we read shepherd, think outcast of society, think unclean and despised, think ridiculed, belittled. And this is a preview into Jesus' earthly ministry and his ministry still. Reaching the poor, reaching the despised, reaching the broken, reaching the outcast. The first thing the angel says to these shepherds is, fear not. And they were terrified, scared for their life. You can put your fears to rest. Why? Because of what the angel would go on to say. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, the promised rescuer. And this message is for you and for everyone else. So to you who have been on the outside looking in, to the despised and the dismissed, oh, you'll be the first to witness this. You'll be the first to see it with your very eyes. In verse 12 of Luke 2, the angel talks of a sign for you, shepherds, and for us. And you will find, shepherds, you will find this baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. It's an invitation to see Jesus for who he is. It's an invitation to reorient our lives around him, to bow our lives before him. It's an invitation to humble obedience and courageous faith, just like Mary had, just like Joseph had. 
associating with Jesus is still going to cost you. It'll still put you in the line of fire of all kinds of misunderstanding and ridicule. But it's an invitation into a new way of life. It's an invitation out from under the fear that we're alone and we're forgotten, that we're too broken or that we're insignificant. It's an invitation out from under the false hopes and the empty promises that our culture is holding up and inviting us to delight in. It's an invitation out from under the tyranny of sin and death. That's what this announcement is. It's beautiful. Jesus was born into the ordinary. He was born into the heartache and the, and the pain. He was born into the rejection and the brokenness. Why? To rescue us. To rescue us out of our sin and shame. To reconcile us. The announcement of peace is for you and I. To restore us into a right relationship with the living God. That's what this is about. In Hebrews, I love how the author of Hebrews puts this in, in chapter 2, verse 14. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself, Jesus, likewise partook of the same things. He took on flesh and blood, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. He's come to deliver us. He's come to set us free. He's come to rescue us. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 says, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. I love that. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In the midst of the ordinary, in the midst of the heartache and pain, in the midst of the rejection, we can live our lives today through Jesus Knowing that by faith in him and this, this, this humbling ourselves before him and owning up to the fact that we're broken in need of rescue, he reconciles us to God the Father and we are cleansed of our sin. You see, the whole purpose of his birth was that he might live in our place in obedient life and die a substitutionary death on the cross for our sins. That was the announcement that came even the day he was born. He fulfilled it. Jesus was born into the ordinary for us. He was born into the heartache and pain for us. He was born into the midst of rejection and brokenness for us. What does this tell us? What does Christmas tell us? It tells us a lot of things, but for sure, it, it tells us that God isn't at all indifferent. God hasn't forgotten you. He's overcome our greatest fears by facing them himself. Such love. Such humility, such, such power, such victory. Don't be afraid. You can put your fears to rest. Why? Because God's promises have come true at last. They've come true. It's the announcement that changes everything. The question, the question is how will we respond to this divine announcement? Will we respond with humble obedience? Will we bow our lives? Will we reorient our lives around Jesus, the Savior? I want to invite you to do that tonight. You might say, Darren, man, I haven't been in church in a long time. I'm here. It's Christmas. It just makes, made sense for me to go. I'm glad you're here. 
been praying for you. This story is not just some fairy tale. It's not like a Frosty the Snowman cartoon that we watch or Elf or whatever. This is the story of redemption. This is the story of God. God, the Son, taking on the stuff we're made of, flesh and bone and stepping into space and time and doing for us what we could not do for ourselves, live a life of obedience and then die on the cross to pay the price for our disobedience, our sin, and then reconcile us to God that we might have a living, breathing relationship here and now and forever. That's what this is about. And any follower of Jesus in this space tonight is humbled by that grace. We're moved by it. And my prayer for you, if you are a follower of Jesus, is that this story of Christmas would just fill you with joy and renew you, revive you. This announcement is an invitation. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you so much. We're humbled. We're amazed. Truly amazed. This Christmas story is, is an announcement of, of you doing what you've promised, of rescuing us. And it's an announcement that changes everything. Lord, I, I pray that we, all of us here, would, would consider these truths and, and reorient our lives, recenter our lives, and consider what this sh- should mean for our lives, that we would respond to this announcement as Mary and Joseph and the angels did with humble obedience and courageous faith, that you would do that. We ask in Jesus' name.